Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 2nd of October. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network. And of course, everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is brought to us by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, motorcycle, boating, hit and run, Slip and fall. Hey, a slip and fall accident can leave you with some serious injuries, excessive medical bills, the inability to work. If your slip and fall occurred due to a hazard that the property's owner or management knew about and failed to correct, you may be able to pursue legal action against that person or business. So I send you to where you're going to be treated like family the same way I've been since the very beginning of Zaslow Show 2.0. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. We got a lot to get to here. It's a Monday. A lot happened here sports-wise in South Florida. Uh, 
Some of it was not so good. Some of it was very good. But some of it was not so good. We got a lot of football to catch up on, obviously. We have our NFL rundown coming up. And of course, with football being back, Bet Online, your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, the spreads, the totals from your NFL and college football games at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From the start of the season all the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the BetOnline website today or Use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, we had a we had a big weekend. I, I told you all the big games and the not big games last week, and it came through. There was a lot that happened here. And there's a lot that's going to continue to happen over the next few days. Now, I should tell you right now as we're doing this, Miami Heat Media Day is going on. I'm obviously not there. I'm here. I'm doing the show. I'm doing Zaslow Show 2.0. So we'll be able to react to a lot of the stuff that comes out of Miami Heat Media Day on tomorrow's show. You're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now. Then you can go and you can check out a bunch of the stuff that was said today. You know, we're going to be wondering, hey... What does Pat Riley say about the Lillard stuff? Does he get into it all? Jimmy Butler, if you haven't seen the pictures yet, he's already shown up. He's got like an emo look. He's got, I'm I'm being serious here. His hair is flattened. He's got eyebrow rings, lip rings, and a nose ring. Swear to God, not a joke. You know he likes to mess around when it comes to the pictures on Media Day. So instead of the long dreads, in every picture when the Heat are playing games on TNT and they show you his his picture and his stats or on ESPN. This year, it's a picture with the flat hair and the earrings on his face. And the piercings, I guess I should say, on his face. Tyler Hero, he's going to get asked all the difficult questions, even though anything that happened or didn't happen this offseason was no fault of his own. So there should be a lot of good stuff for us to react to for the Heat tomorrow. The Marlins clinched the playoffs. We'll get to that. The Miami Dolphins. Very, very disappointing day yesterday. I actually did NFL primetime yesterday on ESPN. I hosted ESPN Radio primetime yesterday from 5 to 9 p.m. with two-time Super Bowl champion, former New York Giant great Brandon Jacobs, who I really enjoyed doing the show with. I didn't know him at all. And I thought we had a great time. I'm pretty sure he had a great time, too. So we did four hours together and that's a different kind of show doing primetime. Because it's not like we come to the table with, all right, here's what I want to talk about. Here's what we're going to do. This is my opinion here, this, that, whatever. We're giving opinions on, on everything, but it's a full-on NFL show. It's four straight hours of NFL. And it's a little bit like Red Zone. Because you're just bouncing around from game to game. Talking about everything that's happening in real time. Now, granted, we were on during the 4 o'clock game, so we only had three games to react to at the time. That was Arizona-San Francisco, Dallas-New England, Vegas, and Los Angeles. But we're reacting to all of those. We're going game to game. We're getting reporters on and off the show, getting updates 
And of course, recapping and talking about everything that took place in the 1 o'clock games, previewing Sunday night football, and looking ahead to tonight on Monday night football. So, that was a different kind of experience. That was a lot of fun doing that show. And thanks to anyone who, who tuned in. If you're a loyal Zazlo Show 2.0 listener, and you're checking me out on the national level, I really appreciate that. And hey, I don't know, maybe we got some people who are regular ESPN radio listeners, and they heard me on primetime yesterday, and they're listening to the show right now. And so, you're new to the program. I love you long time. And, and also, a huge thank you to Amber Wilson, who I hosted with again on Friday nights. And so, if you tuned into that, I, she, she is my favorite to do shows with. And the show was great, I thought. And she, she has done several times, actually. The last couple of weeks, she will promote my show while I'm on with her. Now, I don't do that otherwise, because... It's like, I don't want the people at ESPN to feel, you know what, this is ESPN radio, we're not, we're not trying to promote other stuff that's going on, which I totally get. So, I don't promote Zaslow Show 2.0 on ESPN, even though I would love to bring some of those listeners over here with all of you listening. But Amber has been pretty, uh, pretty straightforward about promoting my show the last, you know, the two times that I've done shows with her each of the last two weeks. And because what are they going to say to her? They're not going to say anything to her. So that's awesome. And, and obviously I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. So anyway, if you're new, I appreciate it. If you are a regular Zaslow Show 2.0 listener and you've been joining me on ESPN Radio, you're awesome as well. All right. So let's get to it here. We thought we, now look, all week long yesterday, I was telling you, Dolphins are going to go up to Buffalo. They're going to win that game. I felt great about the Dolphins going into the game. I did the show with Amber on Friday night, and she says how she's terrified of the game on Sunday. And, like, why are you terrified? I'm not terrified at all, because terrified is when, you know, you really don't think you have a chance. You know, you you think you're going to get killed. And, of course, both those things ended up happening, but... I'm not going to be terrified as long as this is our current Dolphin team. I don't see a reason to be terrified going into any game. You can beat anyone. You're good enough to beat anyone. You're good enough to score against anyone. So there's no reason to be terrified. I feel every week with this Dolphin team that they have a a good opportunity to win the game no matter who they're playing. And we go into Sunday... Not just us here in South Florida. We're figuring this is the game of the day. Like, it's stupid that it's on at 1 o'clock. It should be on at 4 o'clock. And if it's not on at 4 o'clock, it should be the Sunday night football game. Now, you understand why it's not the Sunday night football game. Because even though when the schedule makers look before the season and pick out the games, you're pretty sure Dolphins-Bills is going to be a big deal. But Chiefs-Jets, with the expectation it's Rodgers versus Mahomes... Yeah, that has to be Sunday Night Football, and we're not at the point of the season yet where you can flex games. So, you get it in the early slate there, and it turned into one of those games where if it was on, where, where if, Jet, if Jets, if Bills Dolphins was on in your market, by the fourth quarter, CBS switched you out of it. Like, that definitely happened on some markets, that they switched out of Dolphins and Bills and gave you a more competitive game. We thought we were going to be sitting there getting the popcorn ready. And it was a massive dud. And I also told you throughout the week, 
there's th nothing's gonna happen in this game where I feel like it's the same. If they lose, that it's the same old Dolphins. Now, I am really discouraged with the performance yesterday. Like that was an extremely discouraging day for the Dolphin fan. I did not like what I saw, specifically from a physicality standpoint. The Dolphins got beat up. On the lot, like it's a really easy thing to say, right? Oh, the game's won in the trenches. It's a battle of the trenches. Well, it's kind of true yesterday. The Dolphins got beat up on both sides of the ball on the lines. The offensive line got beat up. The defensive line got beat up. Hey, it, if anyone has seen Christian Wilkins, let me know. I, I, I'd love to see him at some point. The Dolphins got manhandled the entire game. And okay, when the game when the game is tied then at 14, you figure, all right, we got a shootout. Maybe not necessarily what you wanted, but at the same time, if you're a Dolphin fan, you're probably okay. Like, and when I say not necessarily what you wanted, because you'd like the defense to show some signs of life, but if you're a Dolphin fan, you feel like you have the firepower to compete with Buffalo. But here's the thing that we that I think we learned yesterday with the Bills. Number one. And we're hoping that this happens for the Dolphins, right? When I say we're hoping it happens for the Dolphins, we're hoping that sometimes when you get punched in the mouth, it then allows you to look at yourself and you're able to go forward and take the next step. Dolphins got punched in the mouth yesterday. How they react to it is going to be a big deal. And I think the Bills went through this where in the first game of the season, right, in the first game of the season, the Bills go up to New York. You know it's a huge game because it's Aaron Rodgers. He then gets hurt four plays in, and you still wind up losing that game to the Jets. That was the Bills getting punched in the mouth. Josh Allen was terrible. Turnovers, bad decisions, and you see how the Bills have reacted. Matter of fact, you see what the Bills did last week in Washington. They beat the Commanders 37-3. The Commanders lost yesterday, so they've lost two in a row, and they're now two and two. They lose to the Eagles in overtime. Commanders are a decent football team. And, like, I think we could see that now. Commanders are a decent football team. And the Bills beat the shit out of them, 37-3. And Buffalo, within the last two weeks, after getting punched in the face, week number one by the Jets, Buffalo now has responded with three straight wins and in a game they had to have against the Dolphins. Because if the Bills lose that game, they fall 0-2 in the division. They're two back of the Dolphins. Dolphins are 2-0. Dol I mean, 2-0 in the division. Two-game lead with the tiebreak over Buffalo, including Week 18 in Miami to end the season. That game was more important for Buffalo. If they fall two games behind the Dolphins at this point and don't have the tiebreak, and, and, and the Dolphins' offense is what it is, and you also look at the Dolphins' upcoming schedule, that's a major hill for Buffalo to climb. So, I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged with what, like, well, maybe I shouldn't say discouraged. I really did not like what I saw yesterday. We had no chance in that game in the second half. They cut the score to 31-20. I liked going for two, actually, there. I, I, I did. They cut the score 31-20 early in the third quarter. 
hold them to a field goal 34-20. That right there was the moment. Uh, like, I looked to my son and say, have to score here. We score here, we're back in this game. Tua throws the interception. That, and then I looked at it and go, we're done, game over. That was the last moment in the game, early third quarter. Well, I guess it was like mid-third quarter at this point. 34-20. Dolphins had to score on that possession. Tua airmailed the pass. I think it was intended for Smythe. Easy interception. That's your ball game. Two more touchdowns tacked on by Buffalo. Done. First loss of the season. Now, same old Dolphins. There's no shame. They're not going to go undefeated. There's no shame in losing at Buffalo. A team that was favored and still is favored to win the AFC East. And a team that is a Super Bowl contender. They're not going undefeated. That's stupid. Losing in Buffalo is no shame. But if you're a Dolphin fan, you you didn't want to lose like this. So that's why it's important for the Dolphins, after getting punched in the face, and they didn't get back up in that game yesterday, now it's important after getting punched in the face, how are you going to react the rest of the season? You got your shit kicked in. Maybe you thought you, maybe you thought your shit didn't stink. And now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. I think the Bills responded to their first loss in a major way and with MVP caliber quarterback play from Josh Allen. How the Dolphins respond from their first loss will determine whether or not they can actually win this division. That's that's the way it is. Whether the Dolphins can win this division, we will learn over the next few weeks. Now, the Dolphins' schedule over the next few weeks is super favorable. The next couple weeks, look at the games they have. Hosting the New York Giants next weekend, Saquon Barkley, he is uh, doubtful tonight. Monday Night Football tonight's Giants and Seahawks. He's doubtful tonight. And then the week after that, winless Carolina Panthers, both games are at home. So, like my son said to me after the game was over, like I looked at him and go, let me tell you something. It's so funny, if you're listening right now, if you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0, maybe you're around my age, you're a huge Miami sports fan like me, you're awesome, and you have a teenager, teenage son, maybe a teenage daughter. I say son because, you know, if you're a male and I'm a male, like we're going to see ourselves in them. So you're watching the game with your son. And I'm watching with my son yesterday, and he's a disaster during the games. And... I can't even, I can only help but laugh to myself because he's a carbon copy of what I was at his age watching Dolphin games. And Heat games too. I was a disaster during Dolphin and Heat games at his age. When I was a teenager, I am a mess. I'm smashing the couch. I'm yelling at the television. I'm mother effing the players. My son is a disaster during the game. And you know what? I like it. I laugh to myself. I don't laugh out loud because that will be condescending. And the same way I wouldn't have liked that if my father did that, my son would not like that. So I keep it to myself. But I also don't get mad at his behavior because I get it. Now, he is going to have to get to a certain age where this behavior is unbecoming. And I got to that point. I was was maybe like 21 when I realized I need to tone it down, my father made a comment to me and, and, and it, it really struck a chord in myself 
where I, I, need a, I need to look in the mirror and I need to take it down a notch during these games. And so I did. But right now, my, my older son is a carbon copy of my behavior when I was his age watching Dolphin games. And I like it. He's really into it. He's not like that with the Heat. Although in the playoffs he is. With the Dolphins though, and maybe it's because of the fantasy football. He's, he's really into the NFL. Super into trading cards. Maybe it's because of the gambling. I mean, look, uh, the Zaslow's like the gamble. What am I going to tell you? But he gets way into it, and I like it. I, I, so I, I think if you're listening out there, and, and, and you're, you're, you're a father of a teenage boy, like I said, or a teenage girl, and, and they behave that way during games, and you were like that also like I was. It's, it's, it's such an interesting experience to watch that. But the point is, I said to him once the game ends, and I just looked over at him. He was so sour. I said, you mad? You all right? And he said, no, it's fine. They weren't going to go undefeated. And I said, you know what? That's a really mature attitude. Because the next couple games, they host the Giants, they host Carolina, and they should be 5-1. and one. Now, if they're not 5-1... and one, if they lose one of these two games, you should be really pissed off. Like, as angry as you are, or if you are really angry after the loss yesterday, if they were to drop one of these next two games, that would be very concerning. Because that's why I'm not all in on the Dallas Cowboys being a Super Bowl contender. Why do I bring up the Cowboys? Well, the Cowboys were 2-0, and looking fantastic. They'd outscored the two New York teams 70-10 to the first two games. They go to Arizona, which we now learn Arizona's not an easy out. Arizona's not terrible. They lost again yesterday. Final score was not indicative of where that game was against San Francisco. Arizona is not terrible. Dallas at 2-0, they go to Arizona. They got their ass kicked. They lost by two touchdowns, and that was their first loss of the season. And while obviously one loss is no big deal, if you're a Super Bowl contender... If, you're a, if you want me to believe in you as a legit team, you can't go into Arizona if you're Dallas and lose that game and lose the game the way you did. And so I'll carry that over to the Dolphins now where if you're a legit Super Bowl contender, you just got punched in the face, how are you going to respond? The response better be at home taking care of business, leave no doubt, against the Giants and the Panthers. There's no shame. It sucks that they lost by four touchdowns. Still only counts as one loss. But there's no shame losing at Buffalo. Losing to the Giants, losing to the Panthers, that would be shameful. That will be when Zazzler, you concerned, like did yesterday concern you? I'm overall, like I'm really disappointed about yesterday. But overall, I'm not concerned about the Dolphins because a loss is a loss. If they were to lose one of these next two games, matter of fact, if they were to lose any of the games that they should win, you look up and and the Dolphins' schedule, look, the Dolphins' schedule in a few weeks is going to really soften up. You have the Giants and Carolina. Then That's why you got to win those two games. You're 5-1 because then you go to Philadelphia. We know that's going to be a super difficult game Sunday Night Football. Then you're at home against New England. By the way, Mac Jones worst quarterback in the NFL. I've been telling you that. Then they go to Germany against Kansas City. And then the schedule really softens up. But like any of these games, at home against Vegas, at the Jets, 
if you lose any of those games, games like that, Carolina, New York Giants, that would be concerning because a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl contending team, especially at home, will take care of business. So I'm really interested what the Dolphins look like, how they respond over the next couple of weeks. Now, the only thing enjoyable about the game yesterday was, yeah, you know, I'm sitting on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room. I was not in my underwear. I'm just enjoying the game with a Johnny Cuba in my hand. You guys know what I'm talking about. Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. By the way, we were at the event on Friday night. Great crowd. I was telling you guys about it at the Deatom Pickleball Complex at Broward College in Coconut Creek. Johnny Cuba sponsored it. Great event on Friday. My son, my wife, they were playing pickleball. Place was packed. We were drinking Johnny Cuba's two for one. They had pizza there. Really great event. If you haven't tried Johnny Cuba yet, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas, and then when you're making your first pour, send me a video or take a picture. I then post it on my stories on Instagram. I'm an influencer, all right? So you then become famous when I post that. My man Juan, he loves that. It was great seeing him, his family, his wife Myra, Johnny Cuba, the whole crew was out there on Friday night. Remember, when you're drinking a Johnny, always want to drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Great event. Great event on Friday night. I had an eventful weekend. It was just such a bummer that we're looking forward to Sunday. We're looking forward to 1 p.m. And 14-14. Okay, we got a shootout here. Who's going to be the first team to make a stop? And the Bills make a stop, but then the Dolphins make a stop right after. And then the wheels fall off. But this defense was manhandled. Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, like no-shows. And I was saying yesterday, like I sent out a tweet, you know who does nothing? Bradley Chubb. And, you know, I get some responses, the whole defense is doing nothing. Yes, of course that's true, but the whole defense is not signed to, like, the richest contract ever. Bradley Chubb was brought here to make big plays in big moments. Now, he did it in, what was it, in week two, the game against New England. He was awesome. He had big sack. He had the strip from behind to force the fumble. Like, he's made plays this year. But a game like yesterday, can you do something? Christian Wilkins. Look, Christian Wilkins held out of the preseason. Missing yesterday. Where's Christian Wilkins? I understand the total, the whole defense was a no-show. Uh, well, Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle did his thing. He, he's a stud. I love watching him. But guys who need to make plays were nowhere to be found. Xavier Howard. Okay. We didn't hear Xavier Howard's name called but once, like late in the game, because they're not throwing in his direction. Why isn't Xavier Howard on Stefan Diggs? Now, I understand some, some cornerbacks... Don't like to switch sides of the field. They're not going to chase the receiver all over the place. They're going to play on one side. So if that's the case, maybe Stefan Diggs, he lines up on the other side. Cater Kohu is, I mean, Cater Kohu's been really good this year. He got killed yesterday. I can't even blame him. Stefan Diggs is awesome. And Cater Kohu is a second-year cornerback and realistically our third-best cornerback on this team. I'm not going to get on Cater Kohu. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to do his thing out there and he is outmatched by one of the best in Stefan Diggs. But I don't understand. And and this, look, 
I, I, I'm not arrogant enough to not be able to tell you that I know what I don't know. So like I said, is Xavier Howard one of those cornerbacks that doesn't switch sides of the field so he's not going to guard Stephon Diggs? Maybe, but it's like, why isn't he guarding Stephon Diggs? It, it, it really feels like that simple to me. Why isn't he covering Diggs if he is killing us and killing Cater Kohu all afternoon? And for the first time this season, the offense was also manhandled. Going into the game yesterday, one sack allowed and two had been hit like twice. Like twice. Yesterday, four sacks. Every time he goes down, you keep your fingers crossed. Like, thank God. Can you put the camera back on Tua? I don't even care if there was a completion. Can you put the camera back on Tua so I can see if he got up? He did. He's doing his jujitsu. He knows how to get up now. But sacked four times. He was hit like eight or nine times. Tua was pressured, and it made a major difference. It reminded me of, you know, like in those two Super Bowls when the Giants beat the Patriots. How do you beat Tom Brady? You have to pressure him. You have to hit him. And Tua's not mobile. He can run a, he can scoot a little bit, but he is not evading pressure. And you pressure Tua. We saw the formula yesterday. You pressure Tua. If you get to him, it will slow down this offense. And, and it's not that it was bad yesterday. I mean, the interception obviously ended up sealing the game late in the third quarter. But for the first time in four games, this offense was offensive line was manhandled. Liam Eikenberg, he fucking sucks. Teron Armstead, he got hurt. But you know what? Kendall Lamb, he was really good in the preseason. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that, especially because it's not to his blind side. I mean, lo- missing Teron Armstead is obviously a big deal. But we know what comes with Teron Armstead. He's going to miss games. Liam Eikenberg is such a bum. Anyway, sometimes... My biggest takeaway, or at least the way that I'm looking at it now, sometimes you need to get punched in the mouth to take that next step. And that's what you're hoping for if you're a Miami Dolphin fan. It was a major opportunity for the Dolphins, but instead, the Bills still run this division. For now. For now. The Bills are our daddies. Josh Allen is 10-2. and two. I think two is 1-6. Josh Allen is 10-2 and two against the Dolphins. They're our daddies. And it sucks because they were our daddies back in the 90s when it was Kelly versus Marino. Those Dolphin teams that were contenders, the Bills were always our daddies. And this Dolphin team that's a contender, the Bills are still our daddies until they're not. And that part is really frustrating. All right. You guys know what time it is. Let's get to our NFL rundown. Our week four NFL rundown brought to us every Monday by Brunt Insurance. How about, let's give it up for Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance celebrating their 10-year anniversary this past weekend. I've been with Brunt Insurance for almost all of those 10 years. I get my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance, and why do I do that? Well, because I know I'm getting the most comprehensive coverage, and I'm getting the most affordable rate out there. Insurance is expensive. You may as well get the best rate while also making sure that you're covered from top to bottom. And wherever you're calling from in the state of Florida, from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, they deliver comprehensive insurance tailored exactly to your needs. You're making the right call at 954-589-2204. Remember, with offices all throughout the state of Florida, whatever you're calling from, they know your area. 954-589-2204. 
BruntInsurance.com. When it comes to your home, renters, condo insurance, there are so many options out there that can make your head spin. Don't worry, Brunt Insurance specializes in making the confusing crystal clear. Greg Brunt and his team, fully licensed. They're going to help you every step of the way. You can also get auto insurance, motorcycle, boaters insurance, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to our week four NFL rundown. A lot of action. It started out Sunday morning. That's right. We had a London game and it was also a Toy Story broadcast. And you know, I, you know, they did an NHL playoff game. No, it was a regular season game back in March. Green City Streets. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what the show's called. But they did an NHL game in cartoon with, with that, like, Disney show. And it was so cool. This Toy Story game. Drew Carter, we had him on primetime last night on ESPN Radio. Booger McFarlane, they were on the call. It was so much fun. It was so cool. My favorite part, the claw, the claw from Toy Story would place the ball down at the line of scrimmage every play. The Slinky Dog was the chain gang. He was the markers. It was, I loved it. I I was watching it side by side with the real game. Well, anyway, let's actually get to the action. So Trevor Lawrence yesterday, 23 for 30, 207 yards and a touchdown. Calvin Ridley had the score. He had two catches for 38 yards. Jacksonville would roll 23 to 7. Both teams are 2 and 2. The Denver Broncos, in a game that should have been shit, ended up being one of the more talked about games yesterday. The Bears and Justin Fields got out to a 21-0 lead. They were up 28-7 late in the third quarter. And back comes Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Wilson, 21 for 28, 223 yards, three touchdowns. Justin Fields was awesome through three quarters. His final numbers were 28 for 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. And after the Broncos came back and took the lead, 31-28, that interception, with under a minute to go, cost the Bears the game. Santos' career long is 55 yards. Pressure coming. Fields over the middle. Intercepted! Picked off by Jackson, and he goes to the ground! Monster comeback for Denver. They get their first win of the season. Sean Payton, first win as head coach of the Broncos. They're now 1-3. DJ Moore at eight catches for 31 yards and a touchdown for Chicago, who drops to 0-4. That Bears team is terrible. All right, moving on. Baltimore all over Cleveland yesterday. Not surprising. Look, Deshaun Watson is terrible, but what's his name? Uh, uh, Dorian Robinson Thompson. He got the start yesterday for Cleveland. Baltimore wins 28-3. The Ravens improved to 3-1. Browns dropped to 2-2. Two two. Lamar Jackson, how about these numbers? 15 for 19, 186 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries for 27 yards, two touchdowns, Monster fantasy game for Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews, five catches for 80 yards. He caught both those touchdowns from Lamar Jackson. The Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud, they improved a 2-2 with a blowout win over the Steelers. 30-6. C.J. Stroud, 16-30, 306 yards and two touchdowns. Both of those were to Nico Collins, who had seven catches for 168 yards. Kenny Pickett, before he left the game with a knee injury, 
15 for 23, just 114 yards and an interception. The Steeler offense is putrid. Kenny Pickett has been a disappointment so far. And Mitchell Trubisky, it looks like, could be the starting quarterback now, depending on MRI results today with Kenny Pickett. Major problems in Pittsburgh. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Minnesota, they finally get, excuse me, their first win of the season. Carolina remains winless. They drop to 0-4. Minnesota's 1-3 with a 21-13 win over the Panthers. Kirk Cousins, he was 12 for 19, 139 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Justin Jefferson, six catches, 85 yards. He had both those touchdowns. Bryce Young, 25 for 32, just 204 yards. The LA Rams, they win an overtime thriller. They were up big in this one, 23 to 8. Anthony Richardson leads the Colts all the way back to tie the game at 23. They go to overtime, and Matthew Stafford found Puka Nakua. Third down and four. Stafford throws. There he is. Nakua to the end zone. Rams win. And that's a Rams win. Two and two for Los Angeles. The Colts dropped to two and two. Matthew Stafford was 27 for 40. He's having a bounce back year. Early candidate for comeback player of the year, maybe. 319 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Nakua, nine catches for 163 yards in the game-winning score. Anthony Richardson, 11 for 25, 200 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Ten carries for 56 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Another promising game from the rookie quarterback, although C.J. Stroud, we all know right now, looks like the cream of the crop. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what looks like a very winnable NFC South improved to 3-1 with a divisional win at the New Orleans Saints, 26-9. Baker Mayfield with a resurgence here in his career, 25 for 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Chris Godwin had eight catches for 114 yards. Mike Evans did leave the game with an injury. Derek Carr, he is stinking up the joint. 23 for 37, just 127 yards. The Philadelphia Eagles. I told you, the Washington Commanders are not a pushover. Philadelphia was down 10 early. They come back and would take a lead by a touchdown, 31-24. And the Commanders, they wind up tying the game with a touchdown on the final play of the fourth quarter. Game goes to overtime. Philadelphia would get the win after coming up with a stop. They get the ball. They kick the game-winning field goal. Eagles win 34-31 in overtime. They are 4-0. Washington drops to 2-2. Jalen Hurts, 25 for 37, 319 yards, two touchdowns in the air. A.J. Brown, nine catches, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. Sam Howell was 29 for 41, 290 yards, and a touchdown. Here's the Eagles post-game locker room and head coach Nick Sirianni. Let's get this out of the way right now. Jake! Hey guys, listen real quick. Great win. All right, we've won. We've won pretty much every way you can win in this league. But all that matters right now, we're four and zero. Best part about being four and zero, not that we can go undefeated, but we can go five and zero. All right, so great job, great team win today. Man. A lot to be thankful for. What I think was the biggest loser of the day yesterday, lost in Tennessee. The Titans, a twenty-seven to three win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Tennessee, steady tune, like they're always steady. A steady 2-2. Two two. 
the Bengals drop to one and three with seemingly no light at the end of the tunnel. Ryan Tannehill, 18 for 25, 240 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, a bruising 122 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow, anemic, 20 for 30, 165 yards. They have major problems in Cincinnati. In LA, the Chargers yesterday, a 24-17 win over Vegas, despite the second week in a row where Brandon Staley, a major gamble late in the fourth quarter, fourth and one in his own territory, they get stuffed again. Vegas had a chance to win the game. Aiden O'Connell would throw an interception. The Chargers would seal it. They're two and two, two straight wins. Vegas drops to one and three. Justin Herbert, he played the fourth quarter with his wrist bandaged. He was 13 to 24, 167 yards, a touchdown and interception. Aiden O'Connell getting his first start for Vegas, 24 for 39, 238 yards and an interception. Josh Jacobs, 17 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown, eight catches for 81 yards. Here is the Chargers postgame locker room and head coach Brandon Staley. Hey, I love the vibe. Hey, I love the vibe. Um, we talked about the physical and mental toughness it was going to take to win. And we accomplished the mission. Okay? We accomplished the mission as a team. It's a big time win. We got three game balls. I'm going to start at the end. All right? Third and 11. Got to have it. Okay? Dime shot. Okay? This guy had to step up. We talked about next man up with Mike being out. And he caught the game winner, Josh Palmer. <laughs> Defense again came up huge. All right, this guy sealed the deal for us on defense. All right, hey, goes to the challenge. Asante Samuel. Young boys. All time Chargers record six sacks in one game. Special performance. Hey, special performance by one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. Live, man, way to go out to get the dub, bro. That's all we doing it for. You understand me? Yeah. Hey, win on three, win on three, one, two, three. Win. Yeah. The Chargers are probably saying to themselves, you know what? We should be three and one if we were able to complete the comeback late in the game against the Dolphins. So Chargers looking pretty good two weeks in a row, getting a W there in the AFC West. The Dallas Cowboys crushed the New England Patriots. 38-3. They bounce back after their loss in Arizona. Dallas is 3-1. New England looks like one of the worst teams in the league. They're 1-3. Dak Prescott, 28 for 34, 261 yards and a touchdown. Mac Jones, he was pulled in the fourth quarter. Was he benched or was it just, hey, we're down by 35? Either way, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Mac Jones, 12 for 21, 150 yards and two interceptions. The San Francisco Giants beat Arizona 35-16. But the Cardinals were hanging around in this game all afternoon. The Niners, one of just two undefeated teams now at 4-0 alongside the Eagles. Arizona drops to 1-3. Brock Purdy, 20 for 21. 283 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, six catches for 148 yards. But Christian McCaffrey, if he was on your fantasy football team yesterday, you likely won. 20 carries, 106 yards. 
three touchdowns on the ground, six catches, 71 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Kansas City, Sunday night football, had a 17-0 lead over the New York Jets late in the first quarter. And then, believe it or not, Zach Wilson started dealing. Zach Wilson got going. The game was eventually tied at 20. The Chiefs would take a 23-20 lead. Zach Wilson would fumble. He would bobble a snap, give him the ball back to Kansas City. You had a very controversial penalty on third and 22 where the defense, uh, Sauce Gardner, was called for holding. Super, like, really soft penalty. Allowed the drive to stay alive. Kansas City was able to milk the clock out as Patrick Mahomes would scramble for a first down and stay in bounds. Galloping away. Mahomes pressured. Escaping again. Mahomes got the first down and goes down inbounds before the touchdown that will end the game. All they have to do is take a couple of knees and this game is done. The decision made to go man coverage on the back end. Anytime you play man coverage against Patrick Mahomes, he knows it. He knows which side you don't have help on. He goes that way. He breaks your back. He breaks your spirit. And he wins world championships. And he becomes the most valuable player in the league. End of story. He did it again. Fantasy football folks and others with interest in the game. It's weird though, like I know everybody applauds it because he slid, so he's sacrificing touchdowns or his own stats, and and of course the fantasy football player is mad who has Mahomes, and of course if you had the Chiefs minus 7.5, you're really mad, but the idea that he did the smart play, because now they could run out the clock, isn't the smart play getting the touchdown and going up two scores with a minute to go where the Jets don't have enough time? to tie the game because okay he didn't go for the touchdown there and go up two scores they do have to snap the ball one or two more times what if they fumble the snap and the Jets recover well now they have the ball and they could go down and win the game if you get a touchdown there the Jets can't win the game so I don't know like what why is if you were up by one point in that spot where if you get a touchdown you go up by eight they could still tie it no you take the knee there run out the clock, forego the stats and the points, but going up two scores wins you the game. Having to snap the ball again, what if there's a fumble? Like, it doesn't clinch the game by doing this. I don't know why it's such a smart play. Here was Sauce Gardner after the game, frustrated with the holding call, which essentially clinched the game for Kansas City. The receiver ran into me, it was a collision, the same thing that was happening all game. They ain't throw no flags. Uh... Pat threw the ball outside of the receiver. MC was there. He made the play. Then the ref threw the flag. Like me personally, that's like when you play basketball and one on one, and you go up to lay the ball up, and you wait to see you miss, and then say foul. Like I, was, I can't believe that. Like, that was that was just crazy. Cause like I don't even think they threw the ball my way at me first three quarters. Then they started throwing checkdowns, and then a shot that they try to take that's not going. Then they finally get bailed out by that fourth quarter crunch time. Like, I mean, like that's I don't know what to say. It was a soft penalty. I didn't like the call, 
and and the Chiefs improved to three and one. The Jets dropped to one and three. I, I like the Jets losing, and you know what? I also liked Zach Wilson played really well. And on the sideline, he was mouthing to his teammates, I lost us the game, and they were all trying to console him. I, I hope Zach Wilson won some guys over there, because he had a really rough week. I, I kind of felt bad for him, but, you know, fuck the Jets. Patrick Mahomes, 18 for 30, 203 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Isaiah Pacheco, 20 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. He also had three catches for 43 yards. Zach Wilson, 28 for 39, 245 yards and two touchdowns. Monday Night Football tonight, it is Seattle at the New York Giants, which will wrap up week number four. And that right there, courtesy of Brunt Insurance, bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204, is your week four NFL Rundown. All right, so there we go. Great job by the production team there, as always, putting all of that together. Hey, guys, if you want to get the best sleep of your life, we're talking Sheets and Giggles. I love Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles been on board Zaslow Show 2.0 for about, about six, seven months now. And I love having Sheets and Giggles, not only because the founder and CEO, Colin, has become one of my friends, but I want to make sure you guys out there, Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners, you're getting the best sleep of your life just like the Zaslows are. We're now four, me, my wife, my two sons, of over 100,000 Americans that sleep on Sheets and Giggles, and we're never turning back. We're talking the saltest, coolest, most breathable sheets. If that's something you're interested in, if you want to get the best sleep of your life on Sheets and Giggles, irresistibly soft, eucalyptus sheets, we're talking a, a unique satin weave. Their sheets are not only soft, but also breathable. You could sleep cool and comfortable all night long. Plus, at Sheets and Giggles right now, it's their annual fall sale 25% off. That's right. You got pumpkin spice over here, pumpkin spice over there, and at sheetsgiggles.com, you have the annual fall sale. But here's what you need to do if you want to get in on this. When you go to sheetsgiggles.com, you pick up your bed sheets. You're going to be back. You're never going to shop anywhere else for your bedding, but you got to use promo code ZAZLOW at checkout. Use the promo code ZAZLOW at checkout. We're talking 20% off your first order. Sheetsgiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow, 20% off your first order. You're going to sleep like a baby, just like me. Again, SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zaslow. All right, so let's get to some NBA stuff that happened over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, By the way, Marlins, Marlins tomorrow night begin their wildcard series. All three games, if there needs to be a third game, all three games are in Philadelphia. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The Marlins, thank God, did not have to go back to New York today to play game number 162. So I think officially, I think officially they're chalking it up as a as a loss for the Marlins. They fin- either way, uh, they finished the year, I guess, 84 and 77. I don't know if they're calling it a loss or not, but the Marlins, by even though they lost yesterday, Arizona also lost. So. They clinched the number five seed. That's the second wild card. What a weekend for the Marlins. They score four in the eighth inning on Friday night to come from behind and win against the Pirates, cutting the magic number to one on Saturday. And then the Marlins, they win on Saturday night, seven to three. They add on late in the game. And you know what? I was so I watched all the post-game stuff. The celebrating, I'm on my couch watching it with my son who has never experienced meaningful baseball games in the last week of the season. And for just the third time 
in franchise history. Forget about 2020, that stupid 60-game season. For just the third time in a 162-game schedule, the Marlins qualify for the postseason. I was so excited. I was so happy for my friend Jessica Blaylock. We'll get her on the show tomorrow. She was in the in the visiting clubhouse there. You got the champagne. You got the goggles. Uh, you know, Kimming, I gave her a lot of criticism. Give it up for her, though. Finally, the shackles are off. That 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 cancer, Derek Jeter, he's gone. Boy, did he suck, huh? Just two years after he leaves, this team managed to qualify for the postseason. And Kim Ng, she pressed all the right buttons. You know, the David Robertson trade, it hasn't worked out the way you wanted it to, but that was a good trade. The Jake Berger trade, the Josh Bell trade, fantastic moves from Kimming. The Marlins don't make the playoffs without those moves. Skip Schumacher, tremendous job in his first season as manager of the Marlins. And for just the third time in franchise history, in a full season playoff. And because Arizona lost yesterday, they don't have to go to New York today. And they will begin their wild card series tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Games 1 and 2 in Philadelphia. If there needs to be a Game 3, that is also in Philadelphia. Now, you may be asking yourself, how can I get a Marlins playoff game? I want to go. Lone Depot Park. I've never been to a Major League Baseball playoff game. I would love to go. Like, my son asked me yesterday, go, if they get to the divisional round, there will be home games and we will definitely go. So, if the Marlins can win this series and they get to set their lineup since they didn't have to play today, and they treated yesterday as a bullpen game. They could set their rotation. No Sandy, of course. But if the Marlins can get past Philadelphia, they would play Atlanta, who has a bye. Atlanta and L.A. have a bye. L.A. plays the winner of Milwaukee, Arizona. Miami would play Atlanta if they advance. All right? So in that case, the Marlins would get games three and four at Lone Depot Park. But they get going right away. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow, Wednesday, maybe Thursday, the Marlins back in the playoffs. Very, very exciting. And again, I was really happy for my friend Jessica Blaylock getting to experience all of that. It was such a cool scene. Really good stuff, and I'm happy for the Marlins fan. So like I said, the Heat are doing media day right now. Now, obviously, the Heat fan is disappointed with what went down with Lillard. It got even worse yesterday when Drew Holiday was then traded to Boston. You know, why didn't Miami get on that? Get in on that? Portland has no interest in making deals with Miami. And Portland, even though the Heat did nothing wrong, if you think Damian Lillard did something wrong because he only wanted to go to the Heat, okay. But the Heat did nothing wrong. Yet this cockroach, Joe Cronin, he refuses to deal with Miami. So I don't think the Heat, he definitely didn't have a chance at Lillard. And I don't believe there was any chance of getting Drew Holiday either. Now, the Celtics acquire Holiday yesterday, and that really aggravated me. I hate the Celtics so fucking much. I I mean, number one for me, as far as most hated teams. Yep, ahead of the Knicks. I hate the Celtics so much. And it's almost as if Milwaukee getting Lillard, Boston getting Drew Holiday, it's almost like the Heat forced Milwaukee and Boston to make these moves after bitch-slapping them in the playoffs last year. The Heat took out the Bucks in five games. Embarrassing. The Heat took out the Celtics in seven, but were up three games to none, and smoked them game seven in their building for life. Embarrassing. And there's an arms race in the Eastern Conference. 
And it's almost like Milwaukee and Boston were forced to do this because the Heat made them do this. But the Heat fans frustrated because you're sitting back and you're watching this arms race and the Heat are running it back. Now, while that may be true, and I understand the Heat fans' frustration, I, me personally, as a fan of this team, my, my most prized possession in sports, the Miami Heat, I love them so much. Number one and two for me, Miami Heat, Pearl Jam. I refuse to go into a season that, like most seasons, has championship aspirations and coming off of another NBA Finals appearance with dudes who I love watching play. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. I refuse to go into this season with a bad attitude. Am I disappointed that they didn't get Lillard? Yes. Am I aggravated that Boston now got a lot better? Yes. But I will be going into this season excited for Miami Heat basketball. I refuse to have a bad attitude going into the season. And yeah, I I do think, like, I'm aggravated about Boston getting Holiday because originally Boston loses Marcus Smart, they lose Grant Williams, they obtain Porzingis. I thought that's a net loss for them. You lose really the grit and, and the heart of your defense with those two guys. Yes, you get you get offense back with Porzingis, but he's the third option offensively. There's only going to be so much offense you get. And while he's a big presence inside because he's so big, he's not a defender. I, I did not like that trade from Boston's perspective. Now, though, you acquire Drew Holiday, who is a lot better on both sides of the ball. Yep, a lot better on both sides of the ball than Marcus Smart. You ship out Smart, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams. Forget about Malcolm Brogdon, all right? And you acquire Drew Holiday and Porzingis. To me, that's a net positive for Boston. A big one. I think Boston gets a lot better by adding Drew Holiday. I do. I I, got to be fair. And you know what's another thing I got to be fair about? You know, I sat here and told you guys the last couple days last week, we got the news on Wednesday about the Damian Lillard trade, and then Thursday and Friday we spend motherfucking Joe Cronin, that cockroach. Now, he's still a cockroach because he refused to even talk to the Miami Heat. But the fact of the matter is, after the Drew Holiday portion of this deal, Portland did well. You gotta be fair. You gotta be fair. If you're a, me- if you're a member of the Miami media, and you're out there still saying what the Heat offered or what they would have offered if that cockroach Joe Crone allowed it, was better than what they got for Drew Holiday, you're lying yourself. Portland did well. Because now, see, for me, Hero and two first-round picks from Miami, maybe even three if they wanted to get creative with Oklahoma City, Hero, three first-round picks, and maybe one of the Heat's young players, Jovic, Hakez, I don't know, that's better then Holiday, and one first-round pick, which is what they got from Milwaukee. Forget the pick swaps. They're never going to convey. The pick swaps are something that general managers add in so they could show everybody, look at all these picks I got. They're never going to convey. It's Pick swaps are bullshit. They got, and, and yes, Aiton, see, those, oh, but Zazzle, they also got Aiton. The Aiton part, the Phoenix part, has nothing to do with it. They sent Nurkic to Phoenix. That part of the trade was Nurkic going to Phoenix, Aiton going to Portland, and the rest of the money to make it work, guys like Grayson Allen, were sent on over to Phoenix. The Heat would have done that. Like, like Aiton was going to Phoenix no matter what. 
Milwaukee's portion of the deal, Holiday, and a first-round pick is not as good as Hero, potentially three first-round picks, and one of their young players. That's why I was so angry last week. That's bullshit, making that trade. But let's wait to see what they get for Drew Holiday. let's, Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Well, now we know. So, the Milwaukee portion of the deal, the Heat side of things, they were offering up, they would have offered Hero, maybe two or three first-round picks, and a young player. Instead, what Portland ended up getting for Lillard on Milwaukee side of things was Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and three first-round picks. Two of them unprotected. It's a good trade. It's a good trade. They got Golden State's 24 first-round pick, only top four protected. That'll convey this year. They got Milwaukee's first-round pick unprotected in 29, and they got Boston's first-round pick unprotected in 29. So Lillard going going to Miami potentially would have netted Hero, three firsts, and maybe a young player. Instead, Lillard going to Milwaukee netted them Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and three firsts. They, they did well. They did. Like, I guess you could have a debate which would have been better, but I'm sitting here telling you, they did well. And what they got from Milwaukee was now better than what they would have got from Miami. Joe Cronin's still a cockroach for refusing to even deal with the Heat, but, you got, but fair's fair. You gotta be fair. And they ended up doing well. All right. We'll have more on the Heat tomorrow. Media day going on right now. The holiday part to Boston really aggravated me. but but oh, and, and I understand the Heat fans' frustration. You're allowed to be frustrated. There's an arms race going on in the Eastern Conference, and the Heat have not done anything. But I refuse to go into this season sour about the Heat. I love the Heat. I love basketball. I love the NBA. I'm excited for the season. That's how I go into the year. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. First, though, guys, I got to tell you, it's, it's still it's still summertime, which means you got all kinds of amazing deals going on at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, official car dealership of Zaslow Show 2.0. That's right. If you're in the market for a new car, if you're thinking about getting a new car, you head on over to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. They're going to make your mind up for you. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru carries the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. That includes the Outback, the Crosstrek, the Forester. If you're looking for a spacious Subaru SUV for the family, maybe just a reliable Subaru sedan for yourself. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. And North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking South Florida's newest and technologically advanced Subaru dealer. You could shop over a thousand vehicles from your home right now. All you got to do is go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, Major League Baseball's regular season ended. The New York Mets finished their season, one of the most disappointing seasons in franchise history. Buck Showalter... He announced in his post-game press conference, he broke the news himself that he is not being retained, that he is being fired by the Mets. And while he's going through, he's going through some emotions and he's talking from the heart, he then notices the media members are all on their phones sending out the news and he was not pleased. 
Billy and the organization, in fairness to, to me, gave me the option of, uh, you know, um, of stepping aside or either, um, what else? But anyway, I, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, the new leadership, they're going to go in a different direction ship, direct, direction with the uh, manager next year. So just want to let y'all know that. I got a lot of things here I could say, but, uh, you know, I did want to make sure I got some things out there. You know, they have a, you know, just like uh, before, I talked to some of the players today, trying to hit everybody, talk to the coaching staff just to give them a heads up on what's coming. So, so you guys are more interested in tweeting this out than being first. So, who got first? Who won first? You didn't. Yeah, I'm going not a big deal. Like, Buck Showalter is too smart not to understand how this works. Buck Showalter's not there telling the media that he was fired because he's just trying to tell the media. The media's job, literally, their job is to convey information to the people, to the public, to the fans. And once the media gets information, you send it out. And so, yeah, they're sending it out in real time because if you're a Mets fan, don't you want to know right away? Don't you want to know as soon as possible? So this idea that Buck Showalter, is, like he's chastising the media there for tweeting it out. It, it's not even about who's doing it first. Although that'll happen when guys are trying to get things right, get things wrong, you know, trying to break uh, stories about trades or what have you. But everyone's going to be tweeting it out at the exact same time. They're all in that room there together with Buck Showalter. And your job is to let the public know. Like, you got to send it out. So Buck Showalter, I thought, was all up in his feelings in that spot when he really didn't need to be. This is not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. The Marlins, we'll give you a little Marlins preview of the wildcard series tomorrow. But I told you, I've really grown to like this Kyle Selap on the Marlins radio network. I think he does a really nice job. And here's his final call as the Marlins clinch on Saturday night. Three and two, the count to Rodriguez. Scott comes set. And the pitch is swung out and missed strike three. There it is. They've done it. The drought is over. 20 years of waiting has come to an end here in Pittsburgh. It's time to party in Miami. Of course, that's a big deal. He had a great celebration afterward. And the Marlins earned it, man, because they blew that 14, uh, you know, they were 14 up at the All-Star break. They ended up falling to 500. They fall one game under, maybe, but they had such a strong September. I think they won 17 games in September, so a really great job, and they deserve to be where they are. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Sad news in Major League Baseball yesterday. Tim Wakefield, World Series champion, knuckleballer, Boston Red Sox, passed away 57 years old yesterday, brain cancer, apparently. How do we know that it was brain cancer? Well, last week, Kurt Schilling, who really seems like has become a piece of shit, Kurt Schilling tweeted out out of nowhere that, you know, his friend, Tim Wakefield, he's dealing with brain cancer right now. His wife, she's also sick and yada, yada, yada. And that was met with a reaction by the Red Sox family, very upset with Kurt Schilling for breaking that news rather than the Wakefield family doing it however they wanted to. And then days later, Wakefield passes away. That's that, that's a that's a big deal. That's really really disappointing news. 
Tim Wakefield passing away yesterday. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, last night was AEW Wrestle Dream. And how about at the end of the night, as Christian Cage, that piece of shit Christian Cage, is about to, to, to do a concerto on Sting, the rumors, they were true. Now, now, he ended up not allowing Edge to do the concerto. I'm not allowing Cage to do the concerto. So clearly, we're going to get a feud here between Edge, Adam Copeland, and Christian, which looks like it'll be a lot of fun. That crowd went crazy. The rumors were true. Adam Copeland, Edge, he is now all elite. That capped off Wrestle Dream last night, which was a great show. That's a big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Okay. Great show today. A lot of fun. Excited about the Marlins. I'm excited for the start of the Heat season. Disappointed the Dolphins yesterday, but (laughs) after Monday Night Football tonight, Giants and Seahawks, you got the Giants traveling here to Miami for this coming weekend, and the Dolphins are going to put a hurting on them. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Thanks, everybody, who hung out today. Make sure you like, you listen. Uh, Well, you you did listen. You like, and you rate, and you tell your friends, you tell your family, you tell your mother I say hello. Thanks to everyone who helped put together a great show today. Can't do it without all your help behind the scenes. Today's show brought to us by Bet Online. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.